to Devil in the Details, Salford Red Devils, independent fan podcast. It's me, Rob Pags, and joining the show this week, as ever, Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hi, Rob. You all right, mate? Another quiet week following oh, Salford Red Devils. Yeah, it's always a quiet week. It's like Brookside, isn't it, watching Salford? You know, so <laughs> big soap opera, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that later on, mate. Yeah, also joining me on the show this week, the 18th man, rugby league blogger, Ryan Wilkinson. Right, Ryan? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Obviously, we've got lots to talk about on today's show, Ryan. We do, yeah. Never a uh, dull moment being a Salford fan, is it? No, not at all. Uh, so, Paul, what have we got? Uh, this week, we've got the news. We've got a review of the Huddersfield victory. We've got the amateur results and uh, fixtures and news. And we've also got a preview of the weekend's game on Saturday against Wakefield at Bellevue. Right, so what we'll do, uh, we'll start with the, uh, the news. So, news. Uh, we're going to have to talk about uh, the unsavoury instance uh, on Monday, uh, Paul, uh, the the violence in in the crowd, not a great not a great thing for the club and run rugby league. A terrible, terrible incident. Yeah, because it, it puts you in the, the headlines for the wrong reasons, doesn't it? And then gets you sort of. I mean, we was all over the papers, weren't we? Like national newspapers, like Daily Mirror, Daily Star, back of that. And it's like you know you want to be on there for winning, somewhat, don't you? Not not something like that. But you know, I've never seen anything anything like that at a Salford game in nearly thirty years of watching them. I've seen the odd. Bits of scuffles with arguments with supporters and been involved in a bit myself, but never anything like that before. So yeah, it was, and especially when there's there's kids. And I mean, you know, the game's changed, hasn't it? Now, I mean, 20 years ago, it's totally different to how it is now, and it's a lot more sort of family orientated. I mean, when I first started going with my dad, it was just blokes and lads that went, wasn't it? But like now, it's a lot more family and kids. Then I mean, you don't want that going on. It was, it was, it was, it was nasty. It turned nasty. I thought on Monday, and it was worrying, really worrying. Yeah, it's a concern uh, for everyone, Ryan. Uh, obviously, you were at the game. You know, did you see it? Did you see it coming, Ryan? Obviously, you know, you, you were there. Uh, well, just before the game finished, there was there was a flare thrown onto the pitch, and I believe a couple of people were being moved away from the ground. Uh, and then, I believe, basically, the lads gone to the pitch after the game, and then uh, some of his mates mates are happy with how he's being handled by the stewards. And then I think a few of them have come towards the front. Usually at the end of the game, a lot of the fans will come towards the front. I do it myself to congratulate the players, get a little bit closer to them. But unfortunately, it seems that um, someone's unhappy with that, the way that, that child's been treated. And then uh, everyone's pushed towards the front of this barrier. And it was, it was absolutely shocking what I saw. Honestly, I, I was really worried. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not good to see at all. Yeah, Justin Carney and Junior Cell obviously you know, got involved. Uh, you know, to look after the after the kids. Uh, Paul, obviously, a father like yourself, you know, you'd do exactly the same thing, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course you would. Yeah, I mean, another thing that's alarming as well, I suppose, it sort of made it a bit. It was, it was a bit more like when I was stood watching it. It was like a free for all. People were just sort of diving in, but there was no no police there. I mean, if we we noticed at the AJ Bell now, I was talking to one of my mates who's an ex copper, and he was saying, well, there's never any police at the AJ Bell, and I've never noticed that before. But like thinking back, no, no, there isn't. It's just usually stewarded, and. To me, on 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 Bank Holiday Monday, because there was no police there, I think people thought they had a bit more freedom and they could just do what they wanted, you know, without that fear of being arrested. So and he, he sort of carried on out of the ground as well, you know, in the car park. But yeah, when there's little kids there and things like, that, I mean, you, you know, you've got to be a bit more humane, haven't you? I think sometimes I think a lot of it to me is is, is boozing in it. You know, people get tanked up and they, they think they're ten men, don't they? And I think that's what a lot of it was on um, on Monday. But what from where I was seeing it, I think. A lot of it was to do with the lads who were getting chucked out, you know, from the pitch invasion. And then obviously Carney came over with um, the Junior Sow and a couple of us to, to meet their wives in the crowd and whatever. And I sort of thought 
they sort of clash really. You know, like it was a bit. What's the word I'm looking for? They sort of they got in each other's way, if you know what I mean. You know, and then everybody sort of piled down, and then all sort of so a fight started kicking off. Then with you know other supporters who'd seen this, and you know people who go watching Salford every week, where I think were a bit angry with these these new people who kicked off, and there was all sorts of scuffles going on. It was uh, you know it's it's dangerous, isn't it? As well in a big stand like that, you know, someone falls down there, you've had it. It's good night, Vienna. Yeah, obviously you know they aren't people obviously don't recognise recognize the faces. They are kind of sort of new fans by by the sound of it. Um, it's kind of concerned for me, obviously, that, you know, if we are going to, you know, build our fan base, um, how do we stop, uh, Ryan, you know, these, these sort of new fans, you know, getting involved again? That's that's the question I want to answer, really. Well, hopefully they'll review the CCTV footage. And obviously we've seen the photos on the Daily Mail and every other newspaper in the country, the people who were there. And I'm sure, uh, you know, I've contacted the club. Um, you know, and give give a bit of information, and hopefully we can all work together as a fan base to make sure that these idiots aren't allowed to our games again. Because you know, Salford's a family club, and we don't want them here. We don't want we don't want to be renowned as fighters or scumbags or thugs. That's not what Salford's all about. You know, we're we're a great club, and we have great supporters, and uh, you know, we'll do our best to make sure this never happens again. Yeah, ninety nine percent of Salford fans, you know, behave you know really well. It's just obviously that one percent. Don't let everyone down, Paul. Yeah, just just going back onto the photographs that were in the papers and that. I think on some of them photos, there's there's people on there who I recognise, you know, from the home games, you know, sitting in the stands and all that. And I just hope those those people. I mean, I think they were getting involved. Some of them just to sort of try and defuse the situation. So I just hope those supporters aren't labelled folks because there's some lads on there. I mean, I don't know them personally, but I do know them from you know seeing them at the at the home games and whatever and. Some people on there, so I just hope there. But just on that comedian who threw the, the flare, I mean, oh, sorry, what sort of a person? Because when he chucked that flare, there was a there was a poor bloke behind the, the ground there, you know, photographer. It wasn't the Steve who does our photography, it was another lad. And it, it nearly hit him on the head, that flare. I mean, how dangerous is that? I mean, how have they got that into the ground in the first? I mean, I don't even know how big they are, them, them things. I suppose you should shove it in your pocket, couldn't you? But totally irresponsible, isn't it? And, you know, uh, just hope they don't turn up at Wakefield on, on Saturday, these lemons as you call them Rob yeah yeah uh, Marwan uh, came out and said he wants to apologize Huddersfield Gi- Giants and all the decent fans at the game today we will work close with the Giants and the RFL in our investigation and the minority of folks responsible will be identified and dealt with the club in the coming days there is no place in rugby league for them I think he's spot on there Ryan without a doubt and um, you know I do hope the club do everything in the future um, to, to stop these people from coming to the games you know I've been watching this club my whole life and I didn't recognise any of the people who were causing the problems. Um, for me, I don't I don't believe they are true Salford supporters and they don't deserve to be associated with this club. Yeah, so if anybody has any information uh, about it, uh, contact the club. Um, you can ring 0161 786 uh, and obviously pass on the information because it's not, it's not what Salford Rugby, Rugby League is all about. It's all about you know enticing these families in uh, and if they're seeing that big thing on the news, because it went on like all day on Monday, six o'clock news the following day about about it, it's it turned into a massive, massive thing. And obviously, you know, it's going to take a long time, uh, you know, to to you know wipe the memories of of, of this incident. I I think. Mm. But yeah, yeah, because people, you know, as soon as like our names mentioned now to the average Johnny on the street, he's going to think of us. You know, oh, I saw them on the news and that. And I mean, you know, say. Say you've gone there with your young kid on on Monday. I mean, you'd be like thinking twice now, wouldn't you? I mean, I I took my two little girls to the the Good Friday game, 
at home to Catalan, and I'm glad I didn't take him on Monday because you know you've got little kids with you, like you, you don't want to be taking him somewhere like that. You'd be thinking twice about going again, wouldn't you? So you know, but I, I don't think for one minute they saw for supporters. I think they were just uh, you know jumped. Just gone out for the day, bank holiday Monday, full of beer. Let's let's go here or whatever. I mean, whether they're from around the Salford area, I don't know, and I don't really care to be honest. But you know, I think it's it's a shame really because they're not Salford supporters, and I think we've just been really unlucky that they picked Monday to come and follow us mm. at a game and decided to behave like that. So you know, um, I just hope the the club sort sort it out now and we can we can move on because it, it's annoying because it was it was a great performance from the lads on on Monday. They really worked hard, you know, a really good win, and it's then it's tarnished by a load of idiots. Yeah, obviously, it was a very dark day, but obviously, from the darkest days, the brightest moments come, Ryan, and, and you've organised, uh, you know, a, a fundraising effort uh, for the people who have been affected. Yeah, I just felt it was necessary for us as a group of supporters to, you know, try and build that rapport again with the players and the families and show that this isn't what Salford's all about. So uh, I did make a Just Giving page, decided to set a target £200 to buy some flowers for the players' affected families. And, uh, yeah, we, we raised the £200, over £200 within an hour. Uh, we're currently at £357. We're going for 400 now. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing. I spoke to Gareth Carvel, the player welfare manager at Salford. And, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's really behind the idea and we're going to write a letter of apology. And hopefully this gets a, a bit of publicity as well because, you know, Salford is a great club. We have great fans and uh, we don't deserve to be tarnished as you know, some of the things that they spoke about in the papers. Yeah, a few people left comments, haven't they, when they've donated the money, Ryan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, some people have said, like, happy to show the team the families. We're a proud set of fans. Um, basically said, like, you know, these idiots aren't Salford fans and, you know, apologies. And, you know, it's this Salford, you know, we're a great club and it's it hurts to see us you know, named in this way, but, you know, we'll, we'll move on from this. And I, th- I think we'll become stronger from it. Um, and I think the players know that we're a great, great, great set of fans. You know, you see Junior Sal, you know, he's probably been one of our longest players at the club. He comes over uh, after every game and, you know, this is so passionate about the club. You know, when you, when you are a Salford fan, you just become so passionate. I'm sure Ian Watson and Tim Sheens are, and you can see that with Junior and Ben Murdoch and, you know, I think I think we, I think uh, you know, going forward, you know, our fan base is only going to grow because we are going to get better. You know, the next two years are going to be great for our club, and you know, let's let's just hope this doesn't, um, you know, have a negative impact. But uh, yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, we're well, moving on. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the injuries we've picked up in the last few weeks. Uh, we've got uh, Tommy Lee now out for for four to six weeks uh, with a, a knee injury. Pod, it's going to be a you know a big miss for Salford. Tommy is going to be a big miss, and if you remember back to last season, you know we were doing really well till till Tommy got injured, and we got a few more injuries and suspensions at the same time. So I'm gutted for Tommy because you know that's really bad looking. You know, two seasons running to get get an injury, you know, quite quite um, substantial injury as well, and it's not one way he's just going to be out for two weeks. He's going to he could be out for quite a while. So uh, and it's replacing a guy like Tommy Lee as well. I mean, we, I know we've got Logan Tompkins there, but perhaps now it's an opportunity. You know, sometimes things like this can. You know, make opportunities for other players, and we've got young Matty Wilkinson there as well, aren't we? Waiting in the wing, so hopefully he'll he'll get a chance now. But you know, I'm gutted for Tommy because he's a captain as well, and uh, you know he's a, he's a really you know he's one of the first players on the team sheet every week. He's a really reliable player, so you know it's a bit of a blow to us that. Yeah, next uh, player with a long term injury, Greg Johnson Ryan. You know he's going to be out for a similar similar period of time with with another knee injury. You know he's been you know sensational so far this season. 
Um, I think he's going to, another one's going to be a big, big miss. Yeah, without a doubt, he's been, uh, I believe, our second top try scorer this season. Uh, coming out of yardage, you know, he makes good metres. Um, you know, he's going to be another big miss for us. Um, so we'll just have to deal with it. It's a shame as well now Mason Caton Brown's been injured because he could have just filled the gap. I thought he had a good game last weekend. But, you know, um, hopefully we've got the squad to deal with that sort of situation. Yeah, Mason Caton Brown, everyone's friend, Mason Caton Brown, uh, injured uh, after a challenge by. Uh, Bruff on Monday, Paul. Cannonball tackle um, kind of outlawed in the game, um, but unfortunately, Bruff got him good and proper. Yeah, I don't, I don't know whether they are outlawed, these tackles, because I've watched, I watch quite a lot of the games on the telly, you know, taping them and you know, watching them when, when I get a minute when the kids haven't got the telly, but and I, I've, I've not seen the uh, Easter Monday games yet, but I've seen I've seen Wigan a few times this season, and I know their tactics, are, they're a very physical side, and I've seen loads of these cannonball tackles, and it annoys me because I think, you know, Chase got got that ban last season and you're seeing him every week aren't you I mean that guy for Old Kingston Rovers that Bedebsa his was very similar to the, the Chase thing wasn't it and he got three games so it's a very very sort of grey area really isn't it I mean I think sometimes it depends who you are doesn't it I mean nothing's even happened with it, this Danny Bruff incident I mean I'll be honest with you I only saw it live on the day I've not watched the Super League show or anything yet so I've not had like two two looks at it so probably I'm a bit out of it you know commenting on it really but from what I've heard and what supporters have said, it was, you know, quite a, quite a bad one. Have you have you seen the, the tackle again, Ryan? What do you make of it? Compare it to the to the one the Rangi Chase did uh, on Ferris last season. Oh, it's an absolute joke how he's not been uh, banned for that. Um, Danny Bruff knocks the ball on on the previous set, and then he he goes in maliciously below the knees. You know, it's 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 ridiculous, honestly, and I can feel the frustration of Tim Sheens and Ian Watson because, you know, there the definitely should be a ban there, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with that. I watched them both uh, on on uh, YouTube, and I think the thing that saves Bruff is that Mason Caton Brown is kind of being already being pulled down uh, when Bruff makes contact with him uh, when Chase is. Ferris is still stood up in he as, as as Chase hits him. That's the only thing I think that saves uh, Bruff from a long-term ban, Paul. It's very frustrating, I think, because you just imagine now if, if that had been, say, Gareth Ock with a Salford shirt on, a red shirt on a Monday, would he have got away with it scot-free? And he probably wouldn't have done so. I mean, that's that's the, the thing that sort of riles me sometimes. But who are we to say? I don't know sometimes. The RFL and the disciplinary side of it, I mean, it's... They come up with some strange things, don't they? And I don't know. I think it, it all depends on it how they feel. I think on the day it was just rushed through. I just think you know, like obviously the the Bruff, um, you know, incident, and you know, there's the, no consistency, Rob. Is there? No, there not, isn't no. a lot of consistency. Yeah, no, because obviously we haven't seen this the challenge, have we? Before they they pass judgment on it, they pass yeah. judgment on it, and then the video comes out of it, and everyone's everyone's in uproar about it. Yeah, and surely they should have waited until you know a couple of days after. Before yeah. making that decision, I just think it, it's it's so wrong that 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 happened. I remember last year with a, with a Rangi Chase, uh, you know, one that was straight on. As soon as, soon as it, the game had finished, people were making a big big thing about it, and 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 obviously Salford weren't able to do that because obviously the footage wasn't released until after the after Bruff had, had well, yeah. they had not been charged. If that makes sense, right? With the Chase one last year though, that was on the Good Friday, wasn't it? At yeah, Uddersfield. yeah. And then obviously the disciplinary were off over Easter. Then I'm pretty certain Rangi Chase played on the Monday against uh, Wigan. Yeah. The game after, and then after that, that's when the ban. You know, when they had the disciplinary, then the week after, and then he got banned, didn't he? Mm. So I mean, surely the disciplinary will have a look at that that now after 
after the Easter weekend, it doesn't look like they're going to do now, does it? So you know, it baffles you sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just a really, really bad decision. And, you know, mm. people want consistency, Ryan. And, yeah, that's all they want. You know, it's not, it's not happening, really. You know, I mean, a lot of Soul fans, you know, looking at the two tackles and thinking, you know, why does one person get seven games and the other one gets nothing? Unbelievable. <clears throat> yeah. Unbelievable. Um, he's, you know, it's, if, you go, if you watch the video, you know, he flies in at the back of his knee with like the shoulder or it's, it's a terrible challenge and you can hear the reaction of the crowd um, you know the Salford supporters in uproar about the challenge and I'm sorry how the hell that can get put on report and then the RFL to say oh the leg was never in an unnatural position obviously it was because he got injured mm. so take a look at yourselves the RFL and sort it out yeah there you go I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to sit down you know in a room with Paul Anderson the Huddersfield coach and just get him to watch that and then you say, well, what do you think about that, Paul? Because last season, he absolutely lambasted Salford and Rangi Chase, didn't he? He put so much pressure on the RFL to make sure that they banned Chase. I mean, it was un- unreal. So I'd love to sit down with him and say, you know, you have a look at this now, Paul, and you tell me what you think of that. And it'd be interesting to see what he said, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think he'd probably get a bit of arse and Megan didn't see it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with it. Um, so obviously, you know, uh, Wakefield this week, uh, we've got, Tickets available, £21 for adults. Hopefully that, you know, we're going to get a big crowd down at Wakefield because obviously after a win at Huddersfield, you know, confidence is going to be high and we're hoping for a good win. Paul? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's always a tough ground to go to, Wakefield. We've not got the, the greatest record there. We've had a few hidings. Last season, we had a, had a had a good win there and a, a really tough game. And you look at Wakefield as well. They had some cracking results over Easter. They beat Huddersfield on Good Friday, 36-22 at Bellevue. And then they went and won. Uh, they went and won at Leeds on Easter Monday. And that sound, I was listening to the radio Leeds on the way home from Huddersfield, and that sounded like a cracking game. That twenty points to sixteen. So they're on. They're a farm side at the moment. New coach as well. So uh, it's going to be a. T- it's going to be a cracker, I think, on on Saturday. Yeah, we're looking forward to that one. Hopefully, we can uh, get on a bit of a winning run and get back to uh, you know back in that push for the top, for the top eight uh, spot. Uh, Twenty years of Super League this this week, boys. Um, you know, it's been an amazing. Uh, 20 years, full of action, full of, uh, you know, great games, great tries. Uh, and it's great that you're being part of it, uh, Ryan, you know, being part of it. Salford having, you know, that little bits of moments in games and, you know, through them years, which you remember forever. Yeah, definitely uh, a moment that sticks out to me is uh, quite a recent one. Uh, I remember when we played Wigan on Easter Monday last year and we beat them. And I think everyone thought that day that, you know, this is going to happen now. But unfortunately, yeah. Uh, we we went on a bit of a streak. I think I went to seven losses in a row after that. Uh, but yeah, that that was the day that sticks out to me. Beating Wigan at home uh, at the AJ Bell. It's definitely the best moment since we've been in a new stadium. Uh, that and the St. Owens game at home this year. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that really sticks out for me. Yeah, Paul, you've got you know a few miles on the clock watching Salford home and away. You know in Super League. You know what was your favourite moment? Uh, can I have more than one? Well, yeah, we can go with three. Three. Um, well, the Headingley win yeah. was was absolutely amazing. We've not won there since 1977. We won there twice since 1959. And to go there, you know, with all the stories my dad used to tell me about going there and the letdowns we've had there, and to actually go there and win there and exercise a few goals like we did that day was was tremendous. Um, my other, my second one is probably the 2006 season. I thought you know, so many moments in that season, so many. So many great close games, so many good wins in the fifth place in the league. You know, trip to Catalan going winning over there and we was riding high in the table. And uh, my third one's probably the 1997 season. Our first season in Super League, we wasn't in the first one and we got promoted. 
Um, just some of the some of the games. Then I mean, I, I can remember scores from that season. You know, I used to write them on my pencil case at school, and I mean, I just re- just remember it so well. And uh, you know, that them them times were good times. You know, watching Salford, you know, happy days and real buzz around the club then. And let's hope we can get that buzz back this season because it felt like that when I went to. You know, I said it before to you. You know. At the start of the season, when they give the squad numbers out, they felt like that buzz was coming back again. You know, with Tim Sheens and Ian Watson there. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, um, I'm going to go for for Catalan 2006, the first away trip uh, to Catalan. It was a great, uh, fabulous week. I, had, uh, I went obviously with my wife um, for a full trip. Went to Barcelona, went to Perpignan. Um, it was a brilliant weekend, full of great, you know, surrounded by brilliant people as well. Um, I think the best part about it really, as well, was being able to sort of sit down with people who you don't normally sit down with because I think at the time because obviously we're all new going to Catalan no one knew where the best places were going so what we are, everyone did they kind of like booked on the Catalan you know the tour bus thing uh, and everyone just kind of had a, had a beer in this like rugby club and watched the match together and it was great it was a great experience you know surrounded by sofa fans who you wouldn't necessarily speak to you know on a, on a match day uh, and obviously you know it was a great game you know we, we won um, and it was just a brilliant brilliant uh, away trip for me uh, also, so obviously that's my only one. I'm thinking, oh, that's the that's the one that stands out in my mind. Uh, I've been on Twitter and Facebook, um, and people have been putting theirs uh, forward. Alan, uh, Adam Furso, uh, he says Leeds away win. Um, that was a great game, uh, beating Leeds on the bank holiday Monday, Paul. Uh, that was a fantastic. Obviously, we haven't beat Leeds like you said for for years and years, um, and he remembers that one. Mike D uh, beating Wigan at Central Park in 1997. Yeah. Uh, that was another fantastic performance. Twenty-one fourteen. Yeah, remember it well. <laughs> in that black shirt we played in. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Steve, yeah. Did Steve Blakely take a step and go under the post? If I remember rightly, I think he stepped. He up. did. He scored that day. Yeah. I remember Craig Randall playing. You know, uh, who else was in the side that day? I think I'm pretty sure Ian Watson was in the team that day, wasn't he? Uh, or was it Mark Lee that day? It might have been Mark Lee, Hooker, and Watson and Blakely at halfback. I think it was a long time ago now. But um, yeah, Gary Broadbent, he was in the side that day. Fatasina, Darren Rogers. Scott Naylor, McAvoy, good players. Yeah. Good side. Uh, Callum Hughes, uh, he went for beating Wigan 31-30 at the Willows. Graham Holroyd drop goal, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah, Frank Endicott got sacked after that game, I think, yeah. at the Wigan coach, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy Lancashire, uh, he said, saddest day um, was the final game at the Willows, standing in our family spot in the shed. And yeah. Hashtag that tradition. That's another game that, you know, you, you remember in Super League, you know, the, the moment where we moved from the Willows back to... Uh, you know, back up to the AJ Bell, Ryan. Yeah, I remember that day. It was good to see us, obviously, fill the willows. Um, obviously, it wasn't the best scoreline, but it was just good to see so many people at a Salford game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good day. Yeah, James, he went for beating Wigan in the snow. Um, Ham- that was about 2006. 2006, mate, yeah. We beat yeah. Him twice. I think we beat him in the league as well yeah. that Ham- season, yeah. Hammering and Wire on Good Friday in 2005. I think that was the own game. Was that Cullen? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Cullen, remember he called it. He called it Black Friday, Black didn't he? Friday. Press conference. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah, forty-one ten or something like that. Forty odd ten. Yeah, forty-two ten. Yeah. Um, next one. Let's have a quick look. Uh, Mark Ryan beating Wigan uh, at the Willows thirty-one thirty. Like we said before, Paul Nolan yeah, yeah. at Warrington on Good Friday at Hallowell Jones in two thousand and six. Paul. Yeah, that was a good one. I think we won there twice that season. If I'm not mistaken, we beat Warrington three times. We beat them at home as well. They, they were good wins, them. I think they were both similar scores. I'm pretty sure one was like 20-odd six and 22-6 or something. We really did a number on them on that day. I think we played in first game of the season at Warrington and then 
at, at the Easter time as well. But you know, we had some great wins that season. We had some good players, didn't we? Andrew Dooneman in the side and Luke Robinson. And yeah, it was a good, really good season. That yeah, I think two thousand. Didn't that didn't that the one where Gareth Haggerty ran about eighty yards? I think Little scored little kick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, like going back to the the Catalan trip that season. I remember that one. You were know, just saying there, and that was that was a great win. That I think we, I think Catalan scored, didn't they? Late on, and didn't the video referee disallow it? Yeah, because yeah. uh, there was no big screen, was it? You just like got the. I think they just had an earpiece, didn't they? And you're all waiting, panicking, yeah. and yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a great trip. That well, weren't we the first side to play over there? Because I remember flying from Manchester and. Uh, we was like the first direct flight over there because when we got there, there was like a big entourage of people waiting for us to get off the plane, mm. if I remember rightly. But yeah, it was a great trip. Yeah, Jason Horsfall says, uh, giving Saints hammer in this season. Uh, Phil Dunning beating Leeds at Headingley. Uh, Alan Walker beating Wigan in the snow. Andy Congenton uh, said beating Leeds away. So, you know, thanks for all your, you know, your interaction on the Facebook and the Twitter and, you know, great memories there, Paul, of, of Salford. You know, performing and, and winning games. Yeah, some brilliant memories there. There's been some sad ones as well. I remember us um, getting relegated against was it Castleford? Castleford at home, wanted Darren Rogers scoring. Yeah. Two thousand and two. That yeah. was a bit of a dark day. And I also remember the uh, two thousand and seven season was going down as well. We think we lost to OKR, and um, I think they were down there with us. And I think they beat us at the Willows. And, after that, then I think we've had too much to do to catch them up. But yeah, it's been some sad days as well. But we've had some we've had some good days, haven't we? And uh, we've not been so many great days at the AJ Bell yet. But this season, you know, the St. Helens game was one of them. Definitely, it was a great great night. Yeah, and here's to the next twenty years of Super League where we end up winning trophies and you know making, so. it, making it ours, Ryan. Got to believe, haven't we? Um, I think we're in a better position now than we've ever been. We've obviously Marwan Kukash, probably one of the richest owners in Super League. Tim Sheen's the former Australia coach. You know, there's no one else that I'd rather have run our club than Tim. Um, it's, it's very exciting uh, at the minute. Uh, obviously, you know, um, we might have some salary cap breaches to deal with or, you know, some fines. But looking towards next year and then the year after, you know, with a three-year plan, it, do, it, does, it does definitely excite me. And it excites other people when you speak about it as well, which is really good to see. Yeah, and that's the roller coaster ride of watching Sofa Red Devils. And what we're going to do now, we're going to talk about one of the ups beating Huddersfield away on Bank Holiday Monday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Bank Holiday Monday, Salford go to Huddersfield and win 26 points to 24, Paul. You know, great result for Salford Red Devils. Yeah, it was it was a great result, and um, as we've been saying about Huddersfield, they're struggling a bit this season, aren't they? But you know, they they still finished in the top four last season. I think you know they, they're going to win games, aren't they, this season? But to go there and turn them over, I think to turn anybody over away from home for a, for a club like us is, is a good result. And I thought we played really well. We had to do an awful lot of defending on our line, you know, numerous sets, and uh, we kept Danny Bruff at bay as well, who's a cracking player, and, and we got the result. Yeah, uh, Salford started with Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Josh Griffin, Junior Sal, Mason Caton Brown, Josh Wood, Michael Dobson, Ben Murdoch Masala, Mark Flanagan, Josh Jones, Craig Topjack, Logan Tompkins, and George Griffin. On the bench for Salford, Nile Levels, Jordan Warren, Kyle Foster, and Matt Sarsfield. Josh Wood uh, starting at halfback. Uh, Ryan, you know, you know, threw, threw that in there, Watson. Uh, keeps us all guessing. 
Yeah, I think uh, it was good to throw Josh in. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I'd, I'd personally gone with nine levels at fullback and then put Gaz O'Brien in at seven. But, you know, fair play to Josh. He stepped up. He made some very good tackles, assisted one of the tries for Gaz O'Brien. So, uh, yeah, uh, respect to Josh Wood. He put a solid performance in. Yeah, and obviously Salford going to Huddersfield is always a tough place to go, Paul. Uh, and started off really well with a try uh, from Craig Prop Jack diving over early, happened 17 minutes uh, to start the uh, the ball rolling for Salford. Yeah, it was a good break from Ben Murdoch Masala that he was just held up just short of the line and Craig Copjack comes storming through there, backing up for the next play and um, crashing over for a, for a great try and a great start to the game. But just going back to Josh Wood there, I'd like to give him a mention because uh, I was very, very impressed with him on Sunday. I mean, I know I saw him a few times last season and I think he played uh, one of the home games where he sort of didn't last long. He, you know, the, the fitness sort of told with him, you know, the, playing at that level. But he, he looked miles better this this time. He looked like he looked a lot fitter. Um, he looked a lot sharper, and he, he was it was as if he was playing to a game plan. I mean, he was playing at six, but he was almost like having an extra hooker on the pitch. The amount of tackling that he did, and running from dummy half, and he did really well to set that try up for O'Brien. So I was very pleased with with Josh. Very very, very good performance. Yeah, uh, Huddersfield hit back uh, with a try from Kumatai uh, Ryan. You know, it was a big unit Kumatai, and Salford weren't able to to deal with him. He ran straight through and scored. No, yeah, he ran a really good line, Akumatai, uh, off a Danny Buff pass, and you know he fully deserved to score there. But uh, you know we we defended very well in that first half. They they had a lot better a lot better territory than us, and they probably should have put more points on in the first half. Uh, but you know, fair play to the lads. Uh, I think we did well for them to only score twelve points in the first forty. Yep, yeah. Salford got back in front, try from Gareth O'Brien, kick to the corner, uh, funny bounce, Wood. Gets involved, goes where the, the boots and the hands are flying, passes it off. O'Brien grabs the ball and dives over Paul and Salford back in the lead again. Yeah, and like uh, like Ryan was saying there, we did. We had to do an awful lot of tackling. There was countless numbers of sets of six on our line then we held out and then we took our chance when it came and it was a speculative kick from, from Dobson. I mean, you could just tell the way he kicked. It was it was a teasing kick and it was always going to bounce and luckily it bounced in our favour. But with quick thinking from Josh Wood really to pound the ball back, finding O'Brien who scooted over for the try. So, yeah, we, we was we was doing well at that point. Yeah, Huddersfield uh, hit back again. Try from Jake Connor, kick to the corner. Josh Griffin misleading, uh, misreading the flight of the ball and Connor collects and, and dies over and the scores are tied again, Ryan. Yeah, it was it was quite unfortunate, really. Uh, Josh Griffin, for me, has been one of our players of the season. Uh, I could tell he's, he was a very tired man at the end of that game. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, uh, he, he he tried to leap it. It was one of them that could have gone either way. If he picks the ball up out the air, you know, we got to the other end and score. Unfortunately, he didn't. And, uh, yeah, good try for Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield went in at half-time, leading 12 points to 10, Paul. You know, what was your thoughts? Were you thinking that we could get back in the contest at that point? Yeah, definitely. I thought we was in the contest at 12 points to 10. It was sort of uh, end-to-end stuff, really. Both both sides sort of matched each other in the first half. And it was one of them games where it was important that we scored scored first, I thought, in the second half. I thought if we go down 18 points to 10, you sort of two scores behind and then chasing the game. That's when the mistakes normally come. But, you know, we came out second half and, and got the opening try, which uh, really did get us back on the front foot. Yeah, great try from Salford. Good hands across the field. Uh, Kate and Brown makes the break down the wing, passes inside, and Josh Griffin goes under the post, Ryan, uh, and Salford lead again. Yeah, it was a fantastic try. Um, it was good because we worked it over to the left and then we came all the way across the other end of the field. I think it went through good pass from Logan Tonkins from Dummy Half to, to Dobson. Dobson to Josh Wood, and Josh Wood with a good quick pass. And then, obviously, uh, Josh Griffin put uh, Mason Kate and Brown away. He must be one of the quickest players in the league. 
And uh, yeah, he puts a good pass back inside to give Josh uh, Griffin his seventh. Is that his seventh game in a row he scored for now? Yeah, obviously he's great. You know, try scorer for Salford. He's certainly, uh, you know, feeding off uh, the likes of Dobson and getting over the line, you know, week in, week out. And that's what you need, Paul. You need, you know, your centres to be, you know, there and thereabouts when it comes to scoring tries. Yeah, Josh Griffin has been. He's been the, the right place at the right time only a few times this season. And we were saying last week, weren't we, about how how sort of comfortable I think he looks um, in the side and his step and that. He looks dangerous every time he's got the ball. And I, I've said it, you know, the last few years. He's Every year he seems to have been like the most improved player in the squad to me. Josh, he's, you know, he won't look out of place in any side in the Super League as far as I'm concerned. Josh Griffin is he's a quality player. Yeah, and then Huddersfield back with a try from Jermaine Gavildry. Uh, and another try uh, from Kuma and Salford, you know, back to the walls at that point, Ryan. Um, what do you think? you think that, you know, we were in a bit of bother? Yeah, I certainly did. I thought Danny Ruff's kicking game was unbelievable all afternoon. And I thought, I, you know, I felt at that point when they went and scored the two tries that I thought, you know, this is another game that we've, we've let her get away from us. But, you know, fair play to the players. We scored a couple of good tries at the end of that game. It, it was a really exciting finish. Yeah. Uh, Salford got back on the comeback trailer try from Justin Carney in the corner. Good work out wide and Justin Carney three yards out. The wrecking ball, the tank on the flank, Paul, crashes over and Salford are back in the game. Yeah, he did really well there. That, that was all down to game management, I thought, of that try. I mean, we built pressure there, you know, getting the repeat set, piling the pressure on us field. And there's not many sides that can defend, defend that repeat set, you know, 12 tackles on your line. And it was a great ball out to Carney. I'm not sure he, he took the pass out, but he had a bit of work to do there. You know, he had sort of three defenders around him, a centre and a winger as well. But no one's going to stop him near the line. He's got that much upper body strength. And uh, yeah, O'Brien unfortunately missed the kick, but we was back in it 24-22. Yeah, Salford on the ascendancy then. A wonderful bake by Ben Murdoch Masano, bursting through the line, hands off to Ebbles Ryan. And, you know, he's only going to be one winner in that run to the corner. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we've seen it so much from Ben Murdoch this year. He breaks the line, you know, passes the ball to Nile Levels. And, yeah, it was great to see him going in the corner. And, uh, yeah, it was a great way to end the afternoon. Yeah, Ben, Mod- ben Murdoch Masala, you know, two big moments. Um, one at Castleford away with that interception and this burst, Paul. You know, big moments come from big players and, and it could shape our season, that. Yeah, they certainly do, and I've been really impressed with uh, Ben Murdoch myself. He's got a good pair of hands on him, you know, for a big, big bloke in the forwards. Not all forwards can p- pass the ball that brilliantly, but he certainly can. And just from um, my point of view as well, on Nile levels, I mean, I'm a big fan of Nile, and speaking to his dad before the game, you could tell he, he, he sounded a bit disappointed, you know, he's not been in the side, and I, I thought it was brilliant, you know, turn around and smiled at him at the end there when Nile went over and got the winning try. I was really, really pleased for him, you know, coming off the bench, and that's going to do his confidence, the world of good, that. And uh, yeah, it was a great finish for him. And he took a bit of score in that try as well. It wasn't just a walk in. He had a defender there on him as well. And he had to, to get down and finish it. And he did. And I was very pleased for him. Yeah, 10 nervous minutes then for Salford. You know, hanging on to that, to that victory, uh, Ryan. You know, obviously, you know, players put in a massive amount of effort to get the result. Uh, and they were rewarded with, with the two points. Definitely. It was, it was a massive result. Some of the players at the end of that game, you can imagine, you know, they played, you know, two games in four days. They were out on their feet, but they really dug in and, you know, I felt that was a great win for us. You know, where we've now got four wins, five losses. If we'd have gone three, three wins, six losses, you know, it's a completely different picture. So I can't tell you how big that result, you know, was for us on uh, Monday. Yeah, going to Huddersfield, it's uh, not an easy place to go, Paul and Salford to get the two points. You know, it's obviously other incidents, you know, overshadowed it. But in, you know, in in our confidence, we've got to think we've got Huddersfield. We get a result. It's only going to be a good thing. 
Yeah, of course it is. We won there actually three years on the track now, which is quite a quite a good statistic really because they're not they're no mugs are the Huddersfield and uh, yeah to go there and I wasn't convinced. I mean I know I said on my prediction on here that we was going to beat Huddersfield, but I wasn't really convinced really. I thought it was going to be a really tight game and maybe Huddersfield had edged it, but you know because they've got some quality players, but. No, I was, I was delighted with that. And I mean, any win away from home, to me, is, is priceless, really. We were saying what we, we say every week about winning our home games and that, don't we, on here? But, but you know, any any points we can get away from home, and that's twice we've, we've won in Yorkshire and it recently, Castleford and Huddersfield now. So, uh, so, yeah, I thought it was a great performance, great sort of grit and determination performance, really. It was very much like the similar to the game we played there last, uh, last Easter, last Good Friday. You know, that was a, a great win and uh, I'm very impressed with the win on Monday. Yeah, Ian Watson was very happy with, with the result. Do you want to for me, me, Ian Watson impression? I've, I've been working on this. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we pride ourselves on our defence and the mentality of the guys to stick in there t- today when it got tough and come through the other side. The Easter period is tough, backing up with two games in four days. It's like he's in the room. It really is. It is, it is. <laughs> Hi, Ian. <laughs> what you say, Ian Watson? What's so, up? <laughs> you know, so excited, so happy with the result, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely delighted. Um, yes, you know it was it was a good game, and uh, you know it was so important. Like, it completely changes the outlook of our season now. You know, we go to Wakefield on Saturday, and if we could pick up a win there, five wins, five losses. You know, it looks. I'm pretty impressed with that. But um, yeah, you know, we've got a lot of injuries as well, so it's going to be very difficult. <clears throat> yeah, I think my impression of uh, uh, Ian Watson shook it up there. I can sense it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking at the stats. Um, you know, Salford made 1,225 yards uh, metres. Uh, Huddersfield made 1,176. That's a great achievement uh, considering Huddersfield's such a big pack, uh, Paul. They are a big pack. I mean, they've got some really big forwards in there. You know, Crabtree was on there, Craig Hubie, they're probably two of the biggest blokes in the league, aren't they? Michael Lawrence, Akuma Tai. I was impressed with the, the hooker, actually, for Huddersfield, Ryan Inchcliffe. I mean, from a distance there in that stand, it reminded, he reminded me of Malcolm Alka. He looked a bit like him and he had that sort of upright running style. So it's impressed. I was impressed with, with Huddersfield as, as a whole, whole, to be honest. You know, Danny Brough played really well. And it just shows, you know, how well we played to, to get the result. Yeah, six breaks for Salford, uh, three for Huddersfield, Ryan. You know, we've got power and pace out wide and, you know, breaks were, you know, were good. Six to three, good result for Salford. Yeah, definitely, it's uh, it's a great result, and uh, we just it's, we just need to build a bit of momentum now, and uh, you know keep winning games, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll do well. Yeah, looking at the stats, individual stats, uh, we've got Ben Murdoch Masada with 29 tackles, George Griffin with 33, Cop Jack again with 39. You know the forwards put an immense amount of work in there, Paul, uh, and they, rewarded. They did. Craig Copjack was absolutely outstanding. I thought again, you know, going back to his old club there, I mean, the the passion that lad plays with it. It's unbelievable. He's such a leader. I mean, if you're looking for somebody to step up now to take over that captain to roll while Tommy Lee's injured, I think you found your man there in Craig Copjack because every week to me he, he works his socks off, he runs the ball and he makes he makes you know so many yards and that, and he takes out three blokes to put him down. And he's getting you on that platform all the time. And he is, like you said before, sort of a ready-made replacement for Scott Taylor. Really, Craig. I thought he was outstanding on Monday. Yeah, another player uh, that stands out, Mark Flanagan. Ryan, you know, he made 37 tackles uh, on uh, Monday. You know, another grafter, another workhorse in the pack, and you know teams need players like that to, to go to the next level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mar Flanagan's been a been a great signing this year, and um, you know he can play a variety of positions. He's filled in in the change hooker, and uh, he's a he's a workhorse in defence. He's one of the top tacklers in the league. You know, and he puts a shift in every week. And that's what you want. You need them players on your side. 
you know, you need your star men, but you also need your, you know, your Mark Flanagan's who are going to be the grafters and put that work in in defence. You know, your cop jacks, they're, they're, they're really important players for your team. And then you have your players like, you know, your Lewis and your Dobsons and your Carnies who are, you know, your star men. And yeah, it's, uh, I, th- I think we've got a good side. Yeah, top meter makers at Carney with 168, Copjack with 132, Josh Griffin made 126, uh, Ben Murnett Masala did 80. You know, big in rolls, Junior South 116. You know, we have made big, big meters against the big Huddersfield pack, Paul. Yeah, we did. We did. I thought we, we didn't get out muscled at all in the forwards. And I mean, another lad who impressed me he was uh, young Carl Forster. You know, he's been on loan at Swinton and he, he came back in the side, come off the bench and uh, he impressed me as well. He worked really hard. He made some, some good yards and took a bit of stopping. But another one, like Ryan was saying there, I'd like to, to tip me out to Mark Flanagan because I think he's a really, really versatile player, Mark. And, you know, a lot of the work he does is sort of the donkey work really that goes unseen. It's not all the flash stuff. It that people recognise sometimes it's like the unsung work but you need players doing that sort of graft and he does it every week Mark and uh, yeah I thought he was uh, had a really good game yeah shared the workload Justin Carnage with 20 carries Copjack with 20 Junior's out with 13 Michael Dobson with 12 George Griffin with 12 well they spread the work out Ryan uh, and that's only good for the tide if everyone's doing the bit definitely and we've got to mention Logan Tompkins by the way because for me he improved like that is by far the best performance I've seen from Logan. Um, you know, he made I think he made forty seven tackles. They were tackling him, they were going towards him all day. You know, he put a real shift in and you know, I don't think he made any errors. He was just solid, played eighty minutes, you know, that's what we want to see from Logan at Ucker. Yeah, he's, he's playing really well, uh, Logan Tompkins at the moment. I suppose a little bit of extra pressure now, uh, Lee being out injured, Paul, he's gonna you know go on his shoulders and hopefully he'll be able to, you know, rise and, and go again. Yeah, I think he will do though, Logan. I've been impressed with him since when you know when he was on loan for us. I've always thought you'd get real good work out of him. He never shirks the challenge, does he? He's always there doing the work, doing the tackling. He always come up with the odd mistake here and there. But he's a young player and he's he's learning the game. And you know, I think he'll he'll step into Tommy Lee's shoes there. Obviously, he's going to have to do a bit more now. I don't know what Ian's going to do regarding you know, an interchange hooker, whether he's going to have Tompkins play in the 80 minutes, I'm not too sure. But, you know, I don't think um, Logan's going to shirt the challenge. I think he'll, he'll be he'll be bang up for it. Yeah. Um, man of the match and three-word match reports uh, we've got from our listeners. Uh, Andy Langshire said we needed that. Um, Paul King, ground out his man of the match with Copjack. Uh, Colin Reynolds, great team performances, man of the match with Craig Copjack. Uh, Sam Richmond, grit and determination, his man of the match was Wood. Wood, you know, coming in, Setting up a tribe, working hard, uh, Ryan. It's a good, it's a good sign for the future. Yeah, definitely, and <clears throat> we've put a lot of emphasis on uh, the academy setup, and you know, hopefully, we can keep bringing players like Josh through. Uh, I thought he defended very well, and uh, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll get more game time on Saturday. Yeah, Alan Walker, hard fought win. His man of the match was Craig Copjack. Um, great performance from Craig Copjack again. Paul, he's always there and thereabouts when it comes to the stats at the end of the game. He certainly is, and he's been picking up a few man of the match awards from us guys on here, hasn't he? But you know, it's it's great to see because I think he's he's been our signing definitely this season. I think Craig, that's not to the detriment of any other players. I just think he's been outstanding, and he's not had a poor game yet for us. He's the amount of work he gets through, and he's you know he looks a real real good player, and uh, I'm delighted to have him in the team and. Uh, you know, every week's the same with him. I mean, that, that's great that we keep giving him these Man of the Match awards because he, he deserves it. Yeah, who was your uh, Man of the Match, Ryan? Oh, it's a difficult one, but I'd have to say Ben Murdoch-Masilla for the break at the end. Yeah. He's been he's been immense, I think, uh, Ben Murdoch-Masilla. Like I said before, big players 
do big moments in seasons and he's done two for me so far and hopefully we'll be looked back um, this season and, and there'll be two moments that we think yep yeah, that shaped our season and hopefully for a top eight finish Paul yeah, I thought he had a quiet game against Catalan on Good Friday, but as as I say, a lot of players did on the on Good Friday. But yeah, Easter Monday he was back on back on the money again, and he, he's a good player, isn't he? And he's another one I think he'll get better as the season goes on. Uh, ben, yeah, who was your man of the match, Paul? I was, mine was a toss up between Josh Wood and, and Copjack, but I think I'm just going to edge to Copjack just for the amount of tackling and, and work that he did. Cool. So that's it. That's our match report uh, from the. Huddersfield, well, Salford and Huddersfield game on Bank on the Monday where Salford won 26 points to 24. And now what we'll do, we'll look what our amateur sides are up to this week uh, in our amateur feature. Just to make fans aware that we've hit our £400 target. Uh, so we have rated it now to £500. Every little helps. And we uh, will be giving all the money to Gareth Carvel, our player welfare manager. Cool. So there you go. So let's get back to the, the amateur section. We start this uh, this week's amateur review with a look at the under 19s. It was Salford Red Devils against Bradford Bulls at the AJ Bell on Thursday, the 24th of March. The Red Devils scoring a try through more and a goal from Fairhurst, but it wasn't enough to uh, compete with the Bradford Bulls. Really, the Bradford Bulls running away with it, 32 points to six. The Red Devils lined up as follows: with Regan Croft at fullback, Joel Wright, Ben Calland, Harry Madders, Elliot Kane, John Whitaker, Lewis Fairhurst, Johnny Scott, Aaron Moore, Jack Cottington, Adam Jones, Lewis Hatton, Chris Worrell, and the bench was Jordan Seller. Lewis Akanga Ajwang, Liam Bent, and Bradley Story. So full time at the AJ Bell was Salford Red Devils six, Bradford thirty two. The Red Devils under nineteens are in action again this Friday, the first of April, when they travel to Bellevue to take on Wakefield Trinity Wildcats. That's a half past seven kickoff. Uh, the amateur results, there was just one uh, last weekend, and that was between Barry Broncos and Blackpool Scorpions in the North West Men's League Trophy preliminary round. Barry Broncos winning by 24 points to nil to progress to the first round proper. Uh, the fixtures for this week then, we start with the National Conference Premier League, uh, that's Wathborough against Rochdale Mayfield. Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers take on Stanley Rangers. Thornhill Trojans entertain at Salford City Roosters. In Division 3, it's Waterhead against Drillington and Wollstone Rovers against Oldham St Anne's. In the North West Men's League, Division 1, Folly Lane play Latchford Albion. In Division 2, it's Bury Broncos against Oldham St Anne's A and Rochdale Mayfield A against Lee East A. Division 4, Caddyshead Rhinos against Manchester Rangers A. Coolchef Eagles against Bury Broncos A. Eccleston Lions against Little Holton Reds. Garswood Stags against Bolton Mets. And West Horton Lions against Rochdale Cobras. In Division 5, it is Liverpool Lions against Langwever Reds. And Salford City Roosters A against Caddyshead Rhinos A. All those fixtures are for this coming Saturday, the 2nd of April. One result from last week in the College Rugby League was Hotwood Hall A, Salford 24. So Salford continue their unbeaten run to the the start of the season there's no action for the college um, this week with it being the Easter holidays and the final score really we've just picked up on was the under 16s international between France and England over in Pia in France that finished France 16 England under 16s 28 so a good win there for the uh, for the young academy uh, scholarship lads there great great result for them away from home in France so that's all the amateur news and fixtures and results for this week so thanks for that Paul for the amateur review and we've got breaking news Ryan, about your fundraising? Yeah, absolutely fantastic news. Um, faith in humanity restored with the Sun newspaper. Uh, they've actually decided, uh, they've actually given us coverage of the, the fantastic fundraising that our fans have been doing. Um, the link will be available 
on the, on the Twitter fans page. It's it's fantastic to see. Uh, you know, uh, I'm 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 gosfat. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, and what are we up to now, Ryan? Uh, we are currently up to let's have a look. £445. Uh, I know other people that have said they're going to de- donate tomorrow. So uh, oh, I'm, I'm absolutely gobsmacked. I'm, I'm so happy, honestly. I can't tell you. This is, you know, the, the ideal outcome after after Monday. I'm, I'm, I'm gobsmacked. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick a tenner in the pot as well. But you can add an extra, extra tenner to that. Brilliant, honestly. I can't, I can't wait to, you know, see Gareth and Tim and, you know, hand over the cheque. It's, it's for such a good cause. And I feel so passionately that, you know, our supporters... You know, we we should have you know be doing this, and I'm 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 honestly gobsmacked. I'm I'm delighted. Cool. So what we'll do now, we'll talk about the Wakefield game on Saturday. It's time for the devil of the details, big match preview. So Wakefield Saturday, Paul, big game for Salford to continue the winning run. Yeah, it is. It's a big game, massive game for us. I mean. We get a result there. We we back up the week after with a massive home game against Leeds. So I think going into that game, it's be great to go into that game on the back of two wins because they're not in the best of form at the moment. But Wakefield are a good side, aren't they? They've had they're two good wins. Um, I don't think they're the mugs they were last season either. They seem to be pepping up since Chris Chester's gone there. So Bellevue's always a ground we sent a struggle at as well. So I think it's going to be a tough afternoon for us. But I don't see any reason why we can't get the win. Yeah, going to be a tough afternoon. Uh, like Paul said, uh, Ryan... Uh, Wakefield going off two big wins uh, against Huddersfield against Leeds over the Easter period. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, Saturday being the extra game in that Easter, you know, three game set is going to take a lot out of them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be a tough game at Wakefield. You know, they've just got a new coach. They've had two big wins over Easter. That's the first time they've ever won two games over Easter. So it's going to be a difficult game in front of the Sky cameras. But, you know, if, if we play well as a team like we have been doing this season, there's no reason why we can't come away with the two points. Yeah, not a happy hunting ground, though, at Bellevue, Paul, for Salford. Uh, we're going to have to have our best to get a result uh, there. Yeah, it's not been a happy hunting ground. I know we won there last season, didn't we, and, uh, towards the end of the regular season. It was a very tight game. and I mean, the two games we had at the AJ Bell as well, the mid-late game and the league game, there was only sort of one score in them games as well. Yeah, we've had some some hidings at Bellevue over the last sort of 10 years at Wakefield. So, it's always a tough, it's always a tough ground. I think any ground, you know, is, is going to be a, a tough game to go away from home, especially for a club like us. I mean, we're not the biggest squad, we're not a Wigan or a Leeds, are we? But, but no, I think I think we can go there and, and get the result. I think the win against um, Huddersfield on Easter Monday is going to give us a bit of confidence, I think, now, because it was a really, really gritty performance. And, you know, we're just going to have to be careful now with the injuries that we've picked up. It's going to test our squad. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to Saturday. I think we can uh, get the points. Yeah, new coach syndrome at Wakefield, uh, Ryan. Um, hopefully Salford will be able to weather the storm and, and, and come away with a win. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when a new coach comes in, it always galvanises a squad like it has done with Wakefield. Um, you know, they had an incredible win away at uh, Leeds. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a tough match. It really will after, you know, we've picked up a lot of injuries recently. But I have every faith with the lads, you know, and if they don't win, as long as they put in a solid performance, um, I'm, I'll be absolutely delighted with that. Yeah, who would we look out for, Paul, as uh, Wakefield's danger man? Yeah, well, you've got three ex-Alford players in the, the squad recently. You've got Ben Jones, Bishop, Stuart Howarth, uh, Matty Ashurst as well. I like the halfback, that Jacob Miller. I, I thought he looked a decent player when he played at Hull, and he always uh, seems to, to step up and have a, a good game against us. Another player who always seems to stand, stand out against Salford is that Craig Hall. Even when he plays for Hull and uh, Hull Care, he always seems to score against us. 
Um, they've got um, Danny Kerman in the forwards as well. Good player, Michael Co. Joe Arundel and another lad that impressed me last season and I believe he's playing really well again this season the winger Tom Johnston he scored a great try on uh, Good Friday against Huddersfield so yeah there's a few there's a few players there to look out for Reese Lynn the other winger's uh, got, got a bit of pace as well so yeah, they've got they've got some uh, decent players yeah away game uh, our first away game since the Huddersfield uh, away uh, Ryan it's really important obviously the, the fans we know the majority of fans are going to behave obviously you know last uh, week's incident you know, against Huddersfield, we know uh, fans who aren't, don't turn up every week, and hopefully they, they won't be turning up again. No, and uh, you know, it's as I said earlier, it's very important we work together as a fan base to make sure this doesn't happen again. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it won't. Uh, you know, we've got a great bunch of fans, as we've seen with the, the donations we've been receiving, the fundraising, and you know, uh, you know, we, we won't tolerate this. This this isn't what our club's about, and. Uh, We'll, we'll make every effort to make sure our fans, you know, are well behaved at games. And we usually are. This is a very rare thing. And the, the people that have caused this problem, they're not real Salford fans at all. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm absolutely delighted, honestly, with uh, the response. So, thanks to Andy Riley from Keys Rugby League. We've got uh, a little interview with him and Ian Watson looking forward to the Wakefield game uh, on Saturday. It's looking like coming in. Um, into, back into the squad. Yeah. To be fair, we've um, we've not got loads coming back in. To be fair, at the moment we've got a few. We were carrying like niggles and yeah. stuff like that. So we're hoping that um, Rob Louis is not too far away. Um, young Josh Wood played for us at weekend. Did really well. To be fair as yeah. well. So um, really confident in Josh's ability. Um, and we, we back that weekend. And Josh only was he was worth that as well. So. Like I said, with the group that we've got, we, we deal with what we've got. It's, we can't talk about the injuries all the time and no, what's no. happened. We need to deal with what players we've got. So we'll assess some guys when they come back in tomorrow um, yeah. and then see where we go from there for weekend. Ryan, Ryan Lannan. Is yeah. he looking like yeah. coming back in? Ryan, Ryan's fit. Ryan's fine. Um, yeah, he, he's, good, he's good to go, Lannan. So he'll potentially come back into the squad as well. Okay. Yeah. We, like I say, we've got um, Olsi Krasnicki, who's not um, played many games this year, to be fair. Yeah. Um, he's ready to go as well. Um, Ryan Lannan, um, got Jake Bibby, young Jake Bibby, who's in there as well. So we've got people who we can freshen up if we need to. Um, it's just making sure we get the right people in the right place for I mean, coming the, Wakefield. There is some real good young talent in this squad, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, it's like you say, if you look at our squad, we, um, the way we built it, we've brought a lot of younger lads in, purposes um, <laughs> to kind of help them develop and bring them through because we were just talking about before we need to get a real strong core of British players um, and then um, generally you've got to generate them yourself and you bring them through and only by playing Super League will they get the experience of playing Super League and know what it takes to play Super League and you'll only know what they can do when they play if they don't play you're never going to know I mean I, I like the way um, Sean Wayne um, brought used to always bring his youngsters in um, and give them game time over there and he's done it um, religiously over the last few years is bringing them in giving them game time and they've developed on the back of that some of them have gone on and done really good things some of them haven't but that's the way you find out and that's kind of the process we've had this year I mean Josh Woods has come in done really well Ryan Lannan's come in done really well again as well we've had Jake Bibby who played the last game last year so it's it's about developing your, your club as well as just um, your team yeah because um, you've got the rising stars set up now haven't you with uh Calves and Danny and everybody and yeah yeah well that was something that we, we'd spoke about about trying to get a bit of an elite um, group of players that were coming from that under 16s 
bring them through. Um, I know there's other teams who do it as well, and they have that, like um, Warrington have like a wolf pack, and they yeah. bring them through, and they've been the best of the kids through, get a little bit in, train with the 19s, and it just it aids with their development really, and aids with your club as well, because youngsters coming through are going to be the future of the club. If we don't get them coming through right, then the future of the club doesn't look good because you're going to have to keep going out and trying to buy it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. And they come through and they want to play for the shirt that they've That's grown up wearing, don't they? Because the, 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 then the Salford players, the Salford club players, if they've been here for a couple of years as a young lad, they'll be Salford players. You speak to Josh Wood, Ryan Lannan, yeah, they live in Wigan, but the Salford players, because yeah. this is what they've known and this is what they've been brought up on as well. And same with people like Jake Bibby and them. And that, that's what you kind of want in your group. You want to you want to breed that because it comes through. And then so they come through to the first team, you get that pride in um, the Salford shirt. Then Copy was saying, or via his wife, he's living, loving life at Salford at the minute. Yeah, oh, he's going re- he's going great. To be fair, <laughs> Copy, it's what's it? He's, he's been real good for us. Um, he's come in and took uh, the mantle really of um, Scott Taylor. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of he's kicked on from there really and he's given us if not more do you know what I mean um, Tag was a real big player if you could have had Tag and Copy together you'd, you'd be laughing wouldn't you because um, they're, they're two real good blokes and real hard working guys yeah. um, and that, that's kind of what, what we wanted people who kind of fit in with the club and have that mentality So what do you make of that Paul? Ian Watson you know looking forward to the game Yeah I yeah, think so yeah, yeah he was just, just uh, highlighting there what are the players who'd be coming back and the injuries that we've got at the moment but you know he's very level-headed here and I've got a lot of time for him he's doing a good job and uh, he'll have um, he'll have the players ready on, on Saturday for uh, for the match Yeah, obviously injuries are going to take the toll uh, Ryan but you know hopefully we've got a squad big enough to deal with that Yeah, and uh, you know it's going to be a difficult game at Wakefield but I'm sure Watson will have a solid game plan set up for the lads and uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll put in a solid performance so thanks, Andy, for letting us use that audio. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're looking for a, a good win on Saturday. Cool. Can you give us a score prediction, Paul? Yeah, well, I've not really fired that one at me. I mean, I wasn't ready there for that. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say Wakefield 18, Salford 21. 18-21, Salford. Ryan, what about you? I'm going to go... 24-20 Salford. Why not? <laughs> I, I I think it's going to be a tough game, Wakefield. Uh, Salford, you know, happy, confident after beating Huddersfield uh, uh, last week. Uh, I'm going to go for Salford 28, Wakefield 18. 10-point win. Sounds like a good result for me. I'd settle for that, Rob. Definitely, I'd settle for that. Cool. So uh, that's the end of another podcast. Um, hope you enjoy the, enjoyed yourself, Ryan. Obviously, celebrating your your fundraising. Hopefully, it's going to go from strength to strength. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted. I can't tell you. I'm I'm, I'm in ecstasy at the minute to to see the sun. Uh, you know, you know, uh, put that on their website about the fundraising, and uh, it's just it's just great to see. And yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, we'll stick it on our Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, if you want to donate and you know add add to it, it's, it's great cause. And hopefully, you know, we can go from strength to strength and, and raise even more money. Uh, for the academy and and obviously you'll be great things to come uh, thanks for coming on Paul another great podcast yeah I've enjoyed it mate yeah I can't wait for for Saturday for the, the trip to Wakefield so anyone who's not got the tickets yet I've got mine today down from the stadium you know get, get yourselves down there on uh, on Saturday and let's, let's cheer the lads on and uh, let's keep this run going uh, this weekend yeah so that's it you can find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD 
You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and RLInternetRadio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>